Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hello, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Carl Rora and Danny Akiye. Great to have you back on board. And, Thank you. Uh, well, Monday, it was a slow one. Yes, yes, yes. Volumes are really, really low. Let's face it, a lot of people have decided to take a super long weekend. <laughs> and uh, as a result, not much happening locally. There are quite a few big moves in terms of some of the share prices, but volumes aren't reflective of, you know, really I think where markets will go over the course of the week. Um, quite defensive, um, healthcare, information technology really, really firm today when I just checked a moment ago, up around over a percent those sectors. And of course, there's quite a lot of profit taking going on in the big miners with that um, probably some not great quarterly updates mm. that we saw from South 32 as well as Fortescue, but also that very weak iron ore price that we're seeing at the moment, uh, trading down to around US $104 a tonne. Yeah, so, it was only at 120 a few days yeah, ago, so that yeah. is quite a pullback. And we'll yeah. see if we can get the SIBO 200 up here just to get a sense of where the index has finished today. Uh, unfortunately, we're having issues getting that up. So let's crack on to um, the three themes yeah, so for the day. And I'll actually, just let you know, the, the, uh, yeah, just this. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to tell you, the ASX 200, pretty much flat on the day. Right. Um, look, you know. Yeah, like not even point point one percent. So that no. that really goes to show you not a lot happening. No, yeah. fitting, fitting. And uh, well, I, I've diagnosed it as a four day weekend because for for everyone and all intents and purposes, and seemingly ninety percent of Sydney, it's a, uh, a four day holiday. Very very quiet out there. Um, but we already spoke about production misses uh, yep. for the likes of South Thirty Two. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. Uh, Fortescue Metals as well, delivering some disappointing news. The stock was down about three percent. But now we're waiting on tech. I mean, that's that's probably fair to say the next couple of days is is really tech focused. Yeah, tech results. Totally, totally. Um, I think that they will be really, really interesting. Um, and I don't want to preempt what I've said in the view, but yeah. I think a lot of investors are going to start to wonder whether all those cost-cutting measures that big tech has put in place, they've had a lot of redundancies. So I think the thing to be looking for is not so much revenue growth for some of those big tech companies, but really it's going to be what you're seeing in terms of profitability, pricing power and margins. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, let's just crisscross just some of the areas of the market that were moving a little bit today, starting with the metals miners, if we can uh, get that up and running. Here we are. Uh, and as we mentioned before, Fortescue Metals down 3.4% did come out with a bit of an update today. But weakness across the board, South 32, like you said before, we're going to dig into that a little bit more, no pun intended, in just a moment. But miners, generally speaking, very weak. Energy too, uh, just mentioned South 32, but the energy landscape was uh, pretty soft. We have seen some relative softness coming through in the oil price over, and, and coal prices and too, coal it has stocks, to be said. Yeah, yeah, coal's, yeah, coal's taking a little bit of a, uh, a beating. In fact, um, I know you didn't do the... Um, 
call today, but had some very interesting conversations about you know the investment case for coal uh, uh, amongst the lads who are uh, on board today. So I suggest uh, going back and listening to that. Um, and healthcare, last but not least, I dug around as best as I could. Maybe someone can. Um, uh, well, I could actually. The only thing I mm. could say that um, some of the, and although they're not directly comparable with the mm. US, so you can't say, you know, Eli Lilly and Merck and all of those companies. Mm. But if they are thrown into, let's say, a composite of kind of healthcare companies, even mm. though they're pharma, they're all reaching fifty, close to fifty-two week highs, if not fifty-two week highs. So in the US, there is that rotational back into so-called defensives, Procter & Gamble again, that's at a 52-week high. And uh, I think that's, you know, Australia tends to, whether we realise it or not, the sectors and the buying tends to follow suit. So uh, again, people probably seeking some shelter in these healthcare names. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got some CPI reads this week, both in Australia and the PCE in the US, which is the preferred inflation measure for the Fed. So a bit of defensive positioning in what is really a uh, market looking pretty much like it was on life support again today. <laughs> yeah, appropriately enough. And uh, Polynova and Nanasonics, two of the biggest gainers for the session. And again, couldn't find any news for that. But nevertheless, no. up about 6 and or 7%. Tilix. And Tilix as well. Fact just keeps flying. Yeah. Uh, well, we were joking today, weren't we, that uh, maybe the algos have gotten stuck into Yeah, that the momentum traders are in big time on that one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's up by more than 20% over the last few days. So really remarkable. But uh, we just wanted to go across some of those big stories. We've already spoken about uh, FMG, um, Invocare as well in the news, uh, not necessarily uh, that sexy, but um, had a lot of uh, airtime discussing just effectively uh, TPG pulling yep. the bid, um, share price thing down by as much as 15%. I don't see where it necessarily closed, Danny, but uh, you'll be able to have a look. But um, that deal done and dusted, I made 8%, only 8%. So some buying coming in. Bit of a in bounce off one. the lows. Yeah. 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 In fact, I had Morningstar in today saying too that even um, when you strip out the, the the, uh, the value of the bid initially, they thought it was undervaluing the company, yeah. um, that it'll eventually float higher. But uh, South 32, I mean, did you get a chance to look at the production report? There was a lot of uh, allusions I, to weather. Yeah, I think wet weather again, impacting there and a bit of a miss, but I think they're maintaining guidance and I guess Mike Gardner might be able to give us a bit more um, of a glean on that one. But certainly these resource companies, mm. weather continuing to impact and also cost imports, not so much on the production reports, but again, they are struggling at the moment. Yeah, well, uh, the uh, South 32 was the stock of the day. We had Gaurav Sodia and Mason Sundaram giving their view on, well, whether it was a buy here. South 32, they have a really good long-term plan that they're executing. Um, everything appears to be on track. They've started copper production from their new acquisition in Chile. Pretty happy with how things are going. It's a hold. It's in the middle of a holiday, right? Uh, and volumes will be thin. Mm-hmm. So things will be a bit more volatile. So you've got to take that into context. Um, I think South 32 will struggle in the short term. And if you put a bad result out and then the market is weak, you're not going to hold up as well. So you'll see more weakness. So I think you've got time. But you know, if you look at it in the longer term, um, I think it's a great stock to be in. And I think the thematic plays well. But short term, I think it's weak. So. I'd be selling now and coming back for a trader, but if you're a long-term player and you've been in there, I don't mind holding. Okay, so probably a little bit of a mixed verdict, I, I dare say there. And mm-hmm. um, as always, it depends on your investment horizon as to whether you, um, you take a nibble at something 
um, or not. But uh, let's get to our guests uh, for the day and very kindly coming into to work just at all, which is uh, remarkable. Mark Gardner from Macro Capital uh, joins us now. Mark, uh, great to see you there. Good afternoon. Um, obviously, quiet day uh, out there. I always know it's a quiet day because you always come with very comprehensive notes on those days. Which are not yeah, quite as busy. if it's a busy day, I tend to. Uh, <laughs> the I, notes grow. Well, yeah. I, I've, okay. I've been speaking to a lot of people and it's ingrained in my head by the time yeah, it gets yeah, around yeah. to the close. So, uh, but yeah, we've got obviously there is a big week ahead. We've got make it four, three of the four biggest companies in the US. Mm. Um, and there's oil companies at the end of the week as well. Um, preliminary GDP, PCE, um, sort of midweek as well. So, they, I mean, they're pretty important numbers. And the preliminary GDP, obviously, we get three readings in the US, through our preliminary, advanced and final. Um, but they're, but they're, so this one's the one that is most likely to be outside of the analyst expectations. So this is probably provide more, you know, gives it a little bit more volatility because um, the numbers can be out of whack before they, uh, you know, before they revise. So and um, uh, we've got Microsoft and Google on Tuesday, mm. Meta sandwich in the middle, and then um, Amazon um, on Thursday. So yeah. it is a it is a pretty hefty week. Uh, I think somewhere in the thirty. 35% mark mm. or something of the market cap, uh, the S&P 500. So yeah, and, and I think, you know, obviously seven stocks have essentially, and this, I mean, these are stats from a couple of weeks ago, but seven stocks in the US are basically are responsible for over 90% of the index gains this year. So these are enormously important numbers. Um, you've got to remember these are all pretty cyclical businesses too. I mean, Google's advertising, um, which is massively cyclical. Um, Amazon is as well, and Microsoft probably to a slightly lesser extent, um, with uh, you know with business you know being more business based, um, and Meta will, you know is advertising as well. So there, I think that shift out of to the non cyclicals and like healthcare, like Danny was saying before, um, I think is a bit of a I think that's the market kind of realizing that you know we're we're almost certainly going to have a recession in the US. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly, the Philly Fed, when it, which is a survey for manufacturing in the states, um, if it drops below 25, uh, it's got a 100% hit rate of predicting a recession, and it, went, it was released at 30, negative 31 uh, last week. Yeah, so, so many indicators, aren't they? Yeah, Mark, and I, I, know, I think it's it's so telegraphed, and we've been talking about it for so long. Yeah. That, that level of institutional short means that you know it, it'll find it difficult to drop unless there's a, a severe catalyst. Um, so I wouldn't expect this time around if we are going to turn, if the market's going to turn, I think it'll be a little bit more orderly unless there's some form of, you know, banking collapse. Just or the yeah. um, so I don't think we'll see what we saw last sort of April, May, where it just fell off a cliff because I think the mood, you know, we've we've all been we've all been warned. Let's face it, over the last year. So, um, but interestingly as well, which has been overshadowed by um, the mega caps reporting, is the European banks report this week as well. Mm. So, oh, that'll yeah, be interesting. Deutsche, yeah. Barclays, uh, UBS, Credit Suisse, which will obviously that's tonight. Credit yeah. Suisse. Uh, they've moved that up to be in front of the UBS earnings. Um, so that might just might be one of those little things that you know just comes out of the woodwork um, and and essentially you know takes people by a little bit of surprise if there is anything wrong with the balance sheets. 
Uh, German Chancellor went to great strains to um, to say that you know, Deutsche Bank was very liquid, etc., which <laughs> had the adverse effect of um, people actually the then looking. The cinema situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at, then looking to see if it actually was, because yeah. I don't believe uh, when politicians talk about those sorts of things. But yeah, so there's plenty on. I mean, it's we've been risking off over the last week and a bit, and um, you know, this this week could be significantly. Um, could really significantly change the momentum of the market overall. So, and look, it may be better than better than expected. Who knows? Um, earnings results haven't been too bad so far, but they're um, against analyst expectations. But they've definitely been weaker than the previous than the previous quarter overall. So it's been fairly orderly thus far. Yeah, mm. it um, it will be really interesting. I was wondering whether or not you could. Still seeing a continuing erosion in a lot of the cyclical companies or the banking sector, and yet you might see some of those big tech companies because mm. they have had such huge cost cutting and they did mm. kitchen sink a lot of the earnings expectations last year. So it will be interesting to see that whether they hold up because really that's the last shoe to drop, isn't it? With the S and P, those healthcare stocks, which clearly they just keep chugging higher. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's quite smart to, I mean, non-cyclicals, I mean, you, that's the first thing you're going to pay for is your health, yeah. essentially, particularly for drug companies, et cetera. Um, I can, I've said all, all year, I, I, I foresee CSL going through record highs this year pretty mm. comfortably, um, probably at next earnings season. Um, there's a lot of things going on in the background uh, with those guys. They increase capacity um, around their plasma uh, ability to, to take more plasma. They're 30% more efficient. They've got um, new software system, obviously. Vifor will start to add to the earnings per share, so I think they um, and they're really only about a forty PE. It's been knocking mm. on that three hundred and twenty dollar mark for nearly odd three odd years now. It's been the top of the range, so it um, it could really bust through. So and you know, and we've got all a lot of the defensive names in Australia, particularly like Grain Corp and Agriculture Elders and things like that, Elders, which is a little bit cyclical, are, are trading at horrible lows at the moment, mm. even mm. despite fairly decent earnings. So. Um, there is still some decent opportunities out there and to get defensive um, if you know if it starts to switch um, yeah but a lot of it depends on the data this week and on that data too I mean we have tomorrow off of course uh, but CPI on Wednesday and then you know the PC index on Friday night in the States I mean that'll mm. really inform what happens the next week which will be you know, Fed related, it'll be RBA related and speculation mm. there. It just seems like the markets are really shrugging all of that off though at the moment. Is it just a matter of not listening and they should be listening or is it just fairly settled on the right path here? It seems to be, like I said, obviously the big boys, Instos, are fairly covered to the downside as it is. Um, I'm pretty surprised at the news cycle. I mean, how quickly we just dropped the fact that two to three banks fell over um, was <laughs> like, was pretty frightening. Um, and it was just, you know, business as usual. Yeah. And um, so, and these things sort of, I mean, that's just the first stress fracture really. So I don't think a lot of these regional banks in the US have reported. Um, mm. uh, first Republic no. actually pushed their results back, which yes, I, tonight, was a I bit of an alarm, but I think yeah. it is tonight, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that to me was a bit, Ooh, okay. Um, you don't. You're not normally sh- shifting your results when you're doing well. Um, so, and it, and we've really got. You know, we've, the, there's been a lot of pundits saying, "Oh, the banking sector's got the all clear." We've had the, the, but they were all the big guys. The big guys that Janet Yellen basically said she'd backstop. We're now going to hear from them 
all of the others that she said they would be you know they would let fail so I think there's, there's still, and obviously there's European banks where I think they've got higher regulation. I think they'll be okay. Um, you know, Credit Suisse was it was, a, it was coming for a long time, realistically. Yeah. Um, so, I but then there still may be some surprises yet. So yeah. I was just chatting to someone earlier on, and and um, the amount of refinancing that needs to go on in the commercial property space, or just generally, um, is is absolutely huge and. Mm. <clears throat> There have been some defaults coming through. So the regional banks, of course, are the ones that have the highest exposure, don't they, to commercial property? Yeah. And not always not always the best commercial property either. So. No, I mean, look, you've got hedge funds doing structural defaults at the yeah. moment, the likes of PIMCO, where yeah. the um, the value of the building drops below and they just hand the keys back. <laughs> so, you know, they're... Um, because it's all it's all securitized against the building. So that is... Um, I mean, that is pretty concerning. I mean, it's one of those... One of those things that, you know, it's, it's, I think it's been referred to in the AFR and things like that as, you know, it could be the next big short. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it could cause problems. If there's, if there's an, already an, an existing liquidity issue, if it then further constrains um, liquidity, those, those more, you know, more regional banks are going are gonna to find it very difficult. So, um, and that's going to keep that, you know, that yield curve inverted and then the net in interest margin um, really low as mm. well. So it's going to affect their profitability for a long time. So, and you can see the, com- the competition in deposit, for, in deposit rates, even in Australia at the moment, is super high. So I've never seen um, banks pass on higher deposit rates as quickly as they pass on higher um, mortgage rates. It's, um, so that, that, that says to me that there's a bit of a scramble for cash. It could be slightly political as well, do you think, with the reporting of the banks coming up with their results? They don't really want to be in the line of fire of the new treasurer or anything. Uh, possibly, but I mean, the big four particularly have a lot of power. So I, they traditionally just done whatever the hell they wanted. So <laughs> I don't really, um, but yeah, but uh, again, they've also been pretty profitable. So it, it may be, yeah, they're trying to um, a little bit of pre-damage control just in case they don't have the results to back it up. And then, um, I mean, even the RBA has had a fair bit of fire this year. I mean, no one had a problem with um, the RBA in that uh, downward rate cycle. It's miraculous that we've now got a problem with the RBA and now we've got a hiking cycle. Um, I think it's extraordinarily convenient. Um, and they, I think they've wound back a few of those proposed changes today already. So, mm. is it, yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of PR games going on across the board, I think. But, but yeah, I, those net interest margins, I don't think we'll have as big a surprise as what happened with CBA uh, because that did take people by surprise. So I think people... I think uh, analysts and investors will be a little bit more um, prepared for that drop in NIM. Um, but, you know, Macquarie Bank's already flagged the record result and they always under-promise and over-deliver. It'd be very odd for them to, um, you know, to not deliver on a promise. Um, so, you know, they're, uh, you know and they're leading the way with those deposit rates as well. So I think they're one of the highest um, you know, cash managements around. So, it, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be taken consider, you know, taken into consideration. Um, and, you know, we've got the mortgage cliff coming May, June, I think, is the highest the highest rates of those. So, you know, there's all of these things, all of these rate hikes that we've already had, um, as I've said a number of times, it takes 12 months for the for the actual effects to sort of start to filter through. It doesn't happen in a second. Um, and the market's getting a little bit absent-minded as to what's, you know, what, what the consequences of those mm. are going to be. 
So just just to still that, I suppose, in terms of an investing approach at the moment, is it is it still just stand the sidelines, be patient, wait this out sort of thing? Yeah, at the moment, I don't, I don't think, particularly after, you know, May and June are particularly great years, uh, sorry, great months in the year anyway. Um, you've got a lot of data coming out um, and you're getting paid to sit in cash. So mm. it's not the worst thing in the world at the moment just to be, because I see it as a real opportunity that if you if the market does collapse and you're sitting there in you know, it's 20% cash or and some bonds and cash, et cetera, um, mm. you know, you want to, this next dip will probably be one of the better buying opportunities for the next two to three years as we mm. roll out of it. Mm. So, I mean, these, um, so you're going to get things, you're going to get things really cheap, high quality companies really cheap. So, you know, you, you, if you're getting something that's super high quality at a cheap price, I mean, it's all it effectively is, is time that you'd need to wait. You can be out of the money, but it's not like they're going to go bust or anything like that. So it, um, it's, yeah, it's more, I'm more telling my clients, it's, I, I want us to be in a situation where we're almost happy that the market's dropping because we get to go like you know we get to hit that shopping again. yeah um and 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 not be paying high pe's and yeah. not be worried about the next result knowing that we've got it at a discount and that we can you know that it's it's just a matter of writing out you know the data and watching you know watching the next cycle start so sage words as always mark we'll leave it there for another day but have a great uh, public holiday mark garden from macro capital catch you later thanks mark Okay, well, we uh, already had a little bit of a review on what's on tonight, but it's just good to check on the companies that are reporting, actually. Because yeah, Republic Bank. Woo. Yeah, that's I, going that's to be exciting, interesting. Isn't it? Well, yeah, potentially, potentially. Mm. I think, you know, markets are on edge. They're looking for somewhere to go. So um, what else have we got? Coca-Cola and Credit Suisse. Well, Credit Suisse, well, that's, you know, that's UBS now, so we'll forget about that one. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really yeah, count well, anymore, does of, it? Um, yeah, picking through the, 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 the rubble, I suppose, yeah. um, just uh, the, 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 uh, the carcass. But a Coca-Cola can be interesting. Uh, yep. Just in terms of disc- disc- consumer discretionary, pardon me. Staple. Um, staple. But, staple. Uh, how, but it's more margins, I think, probably for Coca-Cola um, in terms of what's going on there. But also because we obviously have Anzac Day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so Microsoft and Alphabet reporting Tuesday evening our time. So when our market's open, we will have had two trading days for the US. Just bear that in mind for what it is worth or not worth. Okay, well, here come the leaders and laggards. Let's see what finished at the top of the table come the end of the session today. And uh, like yeah. I said, those inexplicable moves in Nanosonics and Polynova that I can't find an explanation for yet, uh, leading to a 85 and 4.5% gain. Maybe they're getting some Tilix. Tilix. Tilix love. I don't know. You're caught in the Tilix slipstream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with that. Um, Pilbara, though, up 5.5%. Uh, we were talking about the lifting names and the, the, the dynamic, uh, the developments in Chile last week maybe benefiting some yeah. of our local lithium players. Some, some, some experts, I think Baron Joey, were commenting that they felt some of our lithium miners would now be beneficiaries, or Australia, I suppose, would be a beneficiary now of more capital um, because you are seeing that uh, LATAM lithium belt being more heavily, I suppose, politicised or, you know, governments wanting to be more involved. But we'll have to see that one play out. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, well, always a, an interesting dynamic to play out because it is going to be such a crucial uh, commodity in the future. And, uh, well, I dare say that uh, wars could be well fought over it if it's going to ensure... Uh, 
energy security. Um, so we will move on to the laggards now. And uh, here we are, Invercare, we spoke about that right yep. off the top, down by 8.8%. Again, uh, a few of the analysts that I've read and, and the ones that we had on today speaking that that initial bit from TPG undervalued the company to start with. Really, they were trying to be opportunistic. Yeah. Takeaway that I got, they were trying to be opportunistic by getting the stock at a cheaper valuation when uh, sentiment was, was bad. Invercare knocked it back, still at fair value. In fact, some of the numbers I've seen floating around, maybe 14 bucks a share is where a lot of analysts see uh, fair value for, for Invocare. So down 8.8% today. It has to be said too, it actually rallied 40% on the day that that bid was uh, right. uh, disclosed. So yeah. I'm just turning around, around that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still on around about 2% prospective yield. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 10% upside uh, according to FN Arena in terms of consensus yeah. EPS targets. Um, you know, if you like the demographics, it's a terrible pun, isn't it? Demographics, um, you know, it is one of the preferred, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Along with Propel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a play on that uh, that space. Um, moving on, South 32, we spoke about that production update and the disappointment there, and also some just weak commodity prices across the board, probably uh, feeding into that, like resources, lend lease. And Fortescue Metals also out with a production update today, down 3.4%. Yep. Also, we spoke extensively, obviously, about that, that iron ore price. Uh, and uh, so there you go, the laggards. Here's our most, uh, well, what we wait for at the end of the day now. It's our small cap names where we put a uh, Carl, whole Carl bunch of names Carl. in a hat and we see what comes out. <laughs> Carl and Danny grabbing for like, wow, in, in med Again, I haven't, um, I don't know if there's any news about that one today. Fleetwood, um, uh, I don't know, maybe they're touring. Um, let's go the laggards in the small cap space. And what do we got here? Is Jervoi Global on there? I hope it is. Um, let's have a look, let's have a look, let's have a look. No chart, that's okay, we'll move on. We'll only, we'll focus on the positive today when it comes to the small caps. Impediment of Fleetwood, smash, uh, shooting the lights out would seem just for the day. Well, is this is that it? A, well, it's a kind of a Friday kind of Monday or a Monday kind of Friday, what's, it, what's it the feels same? A, it feels a little bit that way. Yeah. Um, the view. Got some quite interesting stuff in there. Sorry, have to do a little bit of self-promotion here. No, hardly. Um, yeah, so just really touching on some comments um, from Aswath Damodaran, who's mm -hmm. a professor over at the University of New York, talking about how he sees some of the mega cap stocks. Um, also touched on Bed Bath & Beyond. Just a reminder to investors in these times, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, and strength of balance sheet. You don't want overly geared companies and also some of that debt that needs to be rolled over going forward. So yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting tidbits at the moment and the markets really, they haven't gone through their former highs. So mm -hmm. um, maybe some of the, uh, I'm no technical person, but I do know they the, the, the technical charters like to see markets making a higher high, mm. not a lower high. So yeah. It's going to be a big week. Definitely. And uh, we're waiting for that catalyst to see if we can make a, a directional move in that market, of course, because it has uh, exactly. been a bit of a lull over the last week. It was certainly quiet today, but for good reason. So uh, the a 6200 and Danny, I think you might have it there just in terms of where we finally uh, Yeah, let's have a quick day. look. Well, let's say for all intents and purposes, it's down, you know, one-tenth of percent or 8.4 points. So, yeah, not go. a lot. There was a bit of buying that came into the close um, and pushed some of the prices up, but really, mm, yeah, 
Not a lot going on. Not a lot going on. And uh, well, we'll pick it up on Wednesday morning. But in the time being, have a lovely day off tomorrow for Anzac Day. Uh, remember, you can catch up on all the views and interviews on our website and app. Have a great day. Bye. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.